Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we get knocked into the dunk tank of hospitality and flounder around helplessly. This week we have Amy Cavanaugh in the studio. Amy is a food writer who's held positions at Plate Magazine, Time Out Chicago, and her current role at Chicago Magazine as the dining editor. Yeah, we caught up with Amy to kind of learn about what it means to write about food in the current climate, uh, some tips and tricks, and uh, yeah, it was really enlightening conversation about the food world. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Amy Cavanaugh. make sure my voice is the absolute loudest yeah somehow tim just his voice is it's the chicago accent the laid-back la doesn't translate (laughs) (laughs) oh my god take a two tritos tim give us your drag it through the garden (laughs) (laughs) yeah what you know that's a good question what is your ideal chicago dog we were recently debating with uh tim's wife and her chicago dog she's a native chicagoan okay from from beverly so I want, we don't want to taint your answer here, but I'm curious what you think of as like, what's your place and what's the ideal Chicago dog? Um, well, I think what's so interesting about the Chicago dog is like, there's just so many good ones everywhere that like, you don't necessarily have a favorite. Um, but I love a Chicago dog and it was something, I had my very first one at Budaki's like a few months after I moved here. Okay, cool. Instantly in love with it. Um, the closest spot to me is uh, Byron's yeah, on yeah. Irving Park. And I, I so just gave that as a wreck to someone. Yeah. They're the ones who also, you know, they'll throw some cucumbers, they'll throw some lettuce. Yep. I usually ask for those to be removed. Um, but I like places that will either slice, um, like kind of dice the tomatoes up. Okay, so you make, want tomato on there. I do want tomato. So instead of the half circle? Yes, instead of the wedge. Um, I do yeah. like the traditional seven. Oh, cool. It's like the full thing. Wow. Um, but yeah, in terms of... Can you of... tell us the seven? I mean, are the listeners the seven? <laughs> <laughs> Mustard, onion, relish, tomato, pickle, sport pepper, celery salt. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You didn't even have to think about it. Great. Was, yeah. I like all seven. A real yeah. pro. <laughs> yeah, Shannon is... I mean... What was, yeah. what was Shannon claiming? No, that's... No, she likes the garden dog with the cukes and like... Mm. W- like I'd beyond. never heard of lettuce. That's the... Byron's does that? They do. What is it? Like a shredded yeah. iceberg? Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of essentially like a side salad on top of your hot dog. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Byron's no went to the else. White House, right? They, did. they were like Obama's favorite yeah. Chicago dog. Oh, really? Yeah. He picked a north side spot? I Well, or somehow Byron's ended up, because if you go there, there's like pictures of them serving these mm-hmm. hot dogs at the White House. Oh. But I, that is a good question that they would What else the were, was spot. on your recommendation list? I know Jimmy's. Um, yeah, Jimmy's we talked about. I, I'm... I like the depression dog. I'm like the red hot ranch. That's kind of my sweet spot. And it's just the four, you know, mm-hmm. it's the sport peppers, onions, mustard, relish. That's the depression dog. Yeah. So that's down, exactly. Um, but yeah, the guard, I don't even know how to, I think that's definitely a depression dog, but I don't know how to refer to the other one. I would just say a classic Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Classic Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. I think that's when people are visiting from out of town. That's yeah. what they want. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do love the Red Hot Ranch dog, though. Yeah, so it's I'm usually so more of a burger person. Though. Yeah, they, I, I like do their both. Burger. When we just we were there f- about a month ago now, but um, I do one of each. Yeah, and I then like, I say hold the fries on one. I know. Yeah, the, the, you get like four pounds of fries. <laughs> yeah, it's too much. It's always yeah, way more fries than you can consume. Yes. And then uh, you know what? I need to start asking for condiments for my fries mm-hmm. because after having like the burger or the dog, it's like the fries just seem so plain. Yeah. I feel like I just need like the chopped onions and some mustard and like the juice from the hot. I like, you know, I like my fries messed with in that situation. Wait, are you looking for ketchup for the fries? Not always. I mean, sometimes it's the special sauce. If I get extra special sauce for the burger, it really depends. They have a pretty good cheese as well. Yeah. Um, but we also. When I go with Kenny, it's like we do one hot dog, one burger, and then it was actually Mandy who gave us the tip. You can ask for a quarter pound of shrimp. Yeah. Oh, and oh you yes, can do a quarter. You can do a quarter. Wow. Uh, Mandy is in my partner, Mandy Tandy. Mandy Tandy. Yes. Wow. We ran into them one night at the original location. Oh, my God. Like, on you Western. You guys might not know, but. Wow. And ever since then, the quarter that's pound a, of shrimp. That's a great shout out. I love it. They're going to hate that. Yeah. Secrets <laughs> out. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. That's funny. But yeah, the shrimp are great, but I'm always like, I can't add a half pound of shrimp onto my burger and hot dogs. So. Yeah, but if you, 
we could do that. I, you know, sometimes the shrimp there has like a flavor to me that I'm sensitive to. I don't know if it's like, it's like weird. This weird oh component. Boy, here we yeah, go. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> talk too much uh, trash because um, I love Red Hot Ranch. But there's just something that's like a little bit weird about the shrimp. But I know like Doug and Rory are all about it, and Mickey, mm-hmm. they love the shrimp over there. So I won't hate uh, in this public forum. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, so like Amy, how did you get into everything? How did you get into food writing and all that stuff? Um, so it started, uh, I moved to DC after college, um, and I was going to grad school at Maryland for, um, English. And when I was there, I wanted a part-time job that was not on campus. And so I got an internship at a weekly paper there, um, in the features department. Okay. And so, um, you know, I started out doing the calendars and nothing really exciting. And then one day my editor like came up behind my desk and like he saw it's a guide on my desk and he's like, oh my gosh, are you like interested in restaurants and going out and food? And I was like, yes. And they're like, well, you know, we don't really have anyone covering this. Do you want to, you know, give it a shot? Oh, and nice. I have been doing it ever since. Oh, wow. were, you, were you studying journalism? I was studying English. Okay. What specifically was your English focus? Um... 19th century, okay. um, both American and British. Nice. Is that stuff that you're... I mean, I see that you frequently are reading, so you still definitely have like a passion for literature. Um, do you miss that route at all, or are you kind of like, you know... Yes and no. Um, I definitely, yeah, I still read a ton. Um, definitely much more contemporary than I was reading then, but, you know, every now and then I want to pick up like a good, like, fat Victorian book. And are you reading like references and footnotes and stuff throughout? Like, are you doing a Norton Critical Edition? I, or <laughs> I love the Norton Critical Edition. I know. Yeah. They are sweet. <laughs> so good. I know. Like, I used to, I used to enjoy it, but like now it just seems impractical to do it because you, it's like so time consuming. You're like flipping back, but it is like very interesting to get that deep. For sure. Yeah. Uh, the... <clears throat> The modern version of that is Tim and I reading the Carousel Mad Men Companion as we rewatch Mad Men. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't need. I mean, this we could do a whole podcast about that. We'll, <laughs> we'll spare the audience. But we're very passionate about uh, Matthew Weiner's masterpiece. Yeah. yeah, that's a show I feel like I could rewatch at some point. I've seen yeah. it three times and really? it keeps getting better. So good, um, but yeah, the companion just like really amplifies. But the problem is, you'll watch an episode and then you'll like expect something to be written about in the companion. It'll just skip over oh. that. And you're like, what? Yeah. Cause to you, it seems so significant, mm-hmm. but to this, to the brighter. Yeah. What about this obscure biblical illusion? <laughs> Please describe it. Yeah. Um, so wait, where did you are a new Englander? Yes. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a town called Holyoke, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, so it's in the Western part of the state. Um, it's like between the Berkshires and Worcester. Okay. How often are you back? Um, not as often anymore. Um, you know, the pandemic certainly slowed things down a little bit. Um, before that, I was going back probably four or five times a year. Okay. Um, I'm actually headed there on Saturday. Oh, so. nice. At just home or all around and with Kenny? Um, just without Kenny this time. Um, solo mission. Solo trip. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, um, go home for four days. Um, my brother's just had a new baby, so very excited about that. Oh, cool. Um, so going to meet her. And then um, my college friends and I are going to Vermont for oh, a few days. Nice. Yeah. Our uh, reunion was canceled last year for COVID, so we're like, we need to do something else. So That's cool. I've always wanted to do like a New England lobster roll or seafood adventure. Yes. I feel like you guys have done that. Yes. What? Yeah. When's the time to go? What do I need to know? Uh, it's tough because it's like you want to go to Maine in the summer. When the weather's beautiful and you can go swimming. Um, but I was there last August in Portland and Southern Maine. Um, I think we had eight lobster rolls over that trip. It's the best. It's so good. Did you, What's crit- your, did you critique them? It kind of had like a, a, a ranking going. Yeah. What's um, your preferred style? You know, it's interesting. I grew up going to Connecticut to go to the beach. And so like I love the Connecticut style, buttered just warm yep buttered warm the alternative is mayo cold right yes and that is what region is that okay and that's become you know the lobster roll style that's more traditional kind of everywhere Mm. um but yeah in in connecticut i like lobster landing and abbott's 
but then when we were just in Maine last year, um, bite into Maine's was just probably the best lobster roll I've ever had. And so wow. Maine style, I mean, it's like you're at the lighthouse, so like, you know, ocean, lighthouse, and like giant lobster rolls. So uh, it's so good. Yeah, and setting is important. Yes. And is it solely a lobster roll adventure or you're throwing in other seafood as well? Throwing in other seafood, but that's my favorite. Okay. But when people do that journey, is it like strict? Like, do these places have lobster roll plus everything else? Like, what's the general vibe? Some do, some don't. Um, so, Bite Into Maine is a truck. And okay. so, like, that's it. Um, they have like six kinds of lobster roll. Um, but if you go somewhere like the Lobster Shack at Two Lights, they've got everything. Yeah. Um, and so, places will kind of specialize. But if you're really doing like a, you know, like a full trip, like, um, like the coast of Massachusetts has a lot of like red clams. So like, that's what you would get there. Um, and yeah, once you're up into Maine, it's like really fully lobster. Jealous. Yeah. My (laughs) sister and brother-in-law did a tour of Maine, like a lobster roll tour. And then they had like a very specific criteria for each spot. And I can't remember the name of the winner, but they had that shipped home and then they like decorated their house like a lobster shack. It was very cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, what other kind of food adventures have you taken? Um, I mean, you just came back from New Orleans. Just came back from New Orleans. We were there for a week. Were you there purposely for tales? Yes. Okay. Did you yes. write about it? Not yet. But are, is that the plan? Um, I think I'm going to be doing a freelance story. Okay, cool. Um, for, uh, about Jewel of the South. Yeah. Which was the best bar we went to there. And that didn't Chris Hanna win best yes. bartender as well? Yes. He won best bartender and Jewel won best restaurant bar. And it is exceptional. Wow. It's really, really good. Um, what makes Chris Hanna such a talented barman? I mean, first of all, the drinks are just all totally on point. And it's also like he's there every day. I know. So that's, he's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the Did you place. hear that, Danny? He's there <laughs> every day. I'm there in spirit. That is true. Every day. <laughs> there's a there's a portrait of Danny <laughs> yeah. over the bar. On the bottom of every <laughs> bottle in the well is a picture of me. <laughs> it freaks some people out, but it's important. Yeah, so he's there frequently, all yeah. the time. And so I think you know, I think that kind of helps lend, you know, you're there to see him in part. So. Yeah. Did you go to Arnodes? Not this trip. Is it does it uh, still carry the same rep without him there? You know, I didn't really see anyone going either. Yeah, so. that's sad. But it was like such a classic place. Yes. I'm sure there are people that still go there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So, and what makes the food at Jewel of the South so good? We didn't actually not do dinner there. Oh, you just checked out Chris at the bar. Yes. We had two rounds of cocktail. Well, two days worth of cocktails. So I think three cocktails each time. Um. But we actually had... Some deviled eggs, so that was Ooh. all we had. But they were very good. Nice. Very truffly. Um, so that was definitely a highlight. Um, what is your? What were your drinks? Or what were the highlight drinks? Um, really exceptional Sazerac. Mm. Um, we drank a lot of Sazeracs on this trip. and um, Always rye or sometimes rye cognac that, or sometimes cognac. That was really kind of what we were looking at. Um, we like the combo. Yeah, that's what we do, the combo. And most people are just doing rye. Hmm. So, I mean, it's easier, one less touch. Yes. Um, and and so, it's less expensive. That was my theory on it, too. It's just like, it's also, yeah, less expensive, more stripped down. Um, but the one at Jewel, he was adding, um, I believe, like Madeira and Rancio to hmm. it. So, oh, that's wild. Uh, that's like, yeah, that's like starting to veer outside of traditional Sazerac territory. Yes. So that was really good. Um, I've had a... Um, a sherry watermelon cup. Hmm. It was delicious. Sounds perfect for the season. Yes. Yeah. I especially down there. Sherry anything. And it was also just like perfect summer cocktail. Yeah. Regular Charles Jolie over here. That's right. <laughs> Mr. <Yeah>. Sherry. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. That's a good, like for you as, you know, a writer and a critical mind approaching cocktails, at what point does a drink stop being the classic and starts being a variation? Like we talked about the Sazerac once you're messing with Madeira and Rancio. That's such an interesting question. Um, It's something I've thought about before. And like, I don't know if I have an answer on it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, well, when we went to Cure on this trip as well, and I had a cocktail that was described as Sazerac-like, 
Yeah, that's cool. There was nothing reminiscent other, oh. than, <laughs> other than, you know, like some, some anise flavor. But there's, there's no whiskey. There's no cognac. Oh, there's, that's funny. There's nothing. And it's like, I get what they're going for. Mm. But it, to me, that's not a Sazerac. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, it's probably served in a glass like a Sazerac. <laughs> yeah, it's consumed. <laughs> yeah. It uses alcohol. <laughs> no it's hurricanes chill. on this trip? A yard-long hurricane? Um, yeah. <laughs> we did have a couple hurricanes. Um, one at uh, Canaan Table, which was good. And then, oh, Kenny, actually, I didn't order any of them. Kenny had one at Peychaud's Bar, hmm. which I loved Peychaud's Bar. Um, I had a Peychaud's Fizz, which is like a take on the gun, gun shop, shop Fizz. Yeah. Excellent. Well, so, how is it different? I mean, probably not shaken um, with the cukes and the strawberries and everything. Yeah, I think that's the stoppy of the soda is the is the key difference there. Okay. Um, we then went to have, have a gun shop at Cure and liked the patients one better. So. Whoa. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it was really good. Surprising. We've riffed on that drink a couple of times. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Julia Kramer and I used to talk about, um, like, evaluating the drink programs at various restaurants and what always used to like, I don't know, it, it was mildly annoying to me was that a reviewer would come in and drink a few drinks off the cocktail menu. And that was like their evaluation of whether or not the drink program was solid. But in my mind, it was like the cocktail menu is one part, but like how deep is the knowledge beyond the menu? Like mm-hmm. how accommodating can they be if you really want a perfect Sazerac or something and that's not on the cocktail menu, are they able to accommodate it? How good is that Sazerac coming out? But it just seemed like that was never really um, a component of the reviews. So I'm curious, like how in this day and age you go about evaluating average programs, I guess. Yeah. um, It's interesting, especially given how much bars have changed since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I feel like the places that I'm most drawn to right now, like, yes, they do great menu drinks, but they do great off-menu drinks Mm -hmm. and great classics. And I know I'm not alone and just gravitating more toward the classics lately. Um, So I'll often order something off-menu. As well as, you know, how how staffing is and and how the the various bartenders are. You know, there's you walk into a lot of places now where you might have known who was there before and now you have no idea who's there. And so, um, you know, it's how how do the new folks kind of approach, um, you know, doing what that bar does well and, and executing. Yeah. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. Is there room for critique basically in this climate anymore? Or like you feel too bad about the repercussions given how tough the industry is? I think there is room for critique. Um, You know, our allegiance first is to readers and so i think you know if we go somewhere and it's just like yikes like (laughs) (laughs) what you know it it, we're not gonna you know go into a place selling you know three dollar tacos and be like oh my god these are terrible yeah but if it's you know a place that's really expensive or a place that's really buzzy that you know you're thinking about where you're gonna go yeah it's your job it's yes and so um we didn't run reviews for quite a long time um, we stopped. The last one was uh, May 2020, and then we picked back up in May 2022. So two full years oh, off wow. from doing restaurant reviews. Wow. Wow. Were you writing about other things during that time? I, I assume. Yeah. 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 We were doing. What did you shift to? Um, tons of you know carryout meals and delivery. It was the first time I'd ever like gotten food delivered to write about. It was really weird. That was yeah. like one of the perks for me. Like 
I mean, it was a disastrous climate for the entire globe, but it was a <laughs> phenomenal takeout. What were some of your favorites? Oh, the takeout part was really, I, I loved, yeah. um, you know, I loved going to the Supercana window and getting, you know, takeaway bagels mm-hmm. and, um, we did a lot of takeout, um, it was nice. We hit a lot of favorites that wound up closing. Like, um, we got a uh, pub rail oh, yeah, one yeah. night mm-hmm. and we're like dressing hams in the kitchen, which was really fun. Um, income tax was one of my favorite uh, restaurants. Yeah. Before. I miss income tax. I miss them very much. And, um, we had gotten, you know, their roast chicken dinner, like two weeks before they closed. Mm. So that was, you know, a great one. That was a um, cool place. Yeah. Where else did we do? PST. Another casualty, but yeah. they did. They were early to the takeout game. I mean, yes. they had some good meals. We were doing drinks from a stereo on the reg, taking the the breezy to go. Yes, we did a, some stereo drinks for sure. Um, the Whistler, yeah, where they're always sitting. Doug was sitting outside, so we would Got to uh, catch up with Doug. Swing by and pick those up. Um, yeah, we did. We did tons, tons yeah. of stuff. What do you think about the climate now um, versus? pre-pandemic like how have you know how do you process it all it's really not great (laughs) (laughs) it's tough i mean i go into places and it's like i know how hard it is every aspect of it um in some ways i think some things you know I like the pop-ups that are happening. I like the sort of scrappiness that's emerging in some ways. I like that people are able to do, um, you know, try out concepts and do things in a way that they couldn't do before. And so I think that a lot of the things we've been seeing lately, I've just been really excited by. And hopefully that will lead to, um, you know, if people want to open a full brick and mortar down the road, I hope that, you know, they can. Yeah. But I think that we're just going to see more and more of these sorts of pop-ups and things um, as the way going forward. What are some of the favorite pop-ups that you've encountered? Um, well, one that I'm, you know, super excited about is Nine Bar. Just yeah. open their mm-hmm. brick and mortar and they're doing really good. Yeah. We just spoke with Lily. Oh, and, uh, nice. And uh, I'm thinking I'm heading there on Friday. It's really good. Yeah, very yeah. excited. Um, we have a story on them in the next issue. Oh, cool. Um, have you had the Chicago Secret Burger? No. They just did that pop-up yeah. at Nine Bar, and they said it was pandemonium. Yes. I saw the the line of people, like, all down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just want to try it Yeah, one we got to get that burger. But it's, like, such chaos to try to track it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has that kind of time, you know? It's, it's an investment, It for really sure. is. I The posts also that are like, send in like five names and five reasons why you should have this burger. I'm like, oh. I love that. I, lo- <laughs> I, lo- I love the performativity of it. I love that. Tim, what would your five reasons be for why you deserve the Chicago Secret Burger? I'm one of the hungriest boys in Chicago. <laughs> That's one. I'm yeah. a, I love to critique burgers. <laughs> Two. Uh, I'll promote it on the pod. <laughs> um so good. Uh, I'll need time for the other two. <laughs> I'll get I just feel like up. when I, if I get that prompt, I'm like just thinking like, oh man, Amy or Tim are going to see me write these five reasons. It's going to be so embarrassing. What are the reasons? Are they published the reasons? I just like, so, like you got to like say something in the comments and it's like, I don't want someone to see my comment. Yeah. I, I'm not very active on social media. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it would be out of character. The, the hoops I you have to jump a through. Super emphatic five reasons for me. <laughs> all I need it more than I'm anything a, else. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's what I live for. Um, yeah, I mean, I know like Millie's kind of moved into a permanent space uh, uptown. Mm-hmm. I would. I'm kind of curious about that. It's really good. I did a lot of their takeout because it's so close to where mm-hmm. we are um, during the pandemic. Those pizzas are serious. They're really good and they're really yeah. beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about what else. Uh, big fan of funeral potatoes. Oh, what's it? What is that? It's, um, kind of Midwest comfort food pop-ups. They... It's a wild name. Yes. It used to be called, it's two chefs, two underground chefs, Eve and Alexis. I Hmm. forgot what they called themselves before funeral potatoes. That's like a band name. Yeah. And so it's a Midwestern dish. It's like Hmm. a potato casserole that starts with, um 
hash browns, like frozen hash browns. Huh. And so they t- that's their signature. It's a kimchi ranch funeral potatoes. And so, Whoa. Yeah. I have heard of this. It sounds very cool. They're really good. How often do they do it? Every week. Where at? Um, they actually deliver it to you. So hmm. they post the menus on, I believe it's Saturday afternoon. You get a big casserole dish. You get, they're like, you know, the. Wow. Do you, do you bake them at home? You yeah. have to. They don't travel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so they have themes a lot. Um, hmm. Like they just did a vegetarian month. Um, it's great. I've done that a few times. Really wow. delicious. Add it to the list. Tip, yeah. Someone commented like we have very few uh, reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But one of them, I don't know if it was a plant, one of our friends or whatever. But someone was like, "The podcast has just given me too many places to go and try." <laughs> no, but it was like a good review of the podcast. That's probably my but, review. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like now how, it's exactly how I feel. Um, we talk to so many people in the know that it's like you're, the list just stacks up. That's how I feel all the time. Yeah. yeah oh it's my like, God. For you, it must be insane. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate that or prioritize? I guess, do you, are you looking, when your list, do you have like an actual physical list yeah. that you're keeping? Uh, Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah. I and Google Doc everything. So do you look for Kenny trends? Access? To some of them. But he yes. can't edit. He's we just, have, just view only. Have, Kenny just shoves have, in a bunch of shit that Amy doesn't want to go eat. I have so many Google Docs. Um, we do have one where it's like we essentially plan our lives on there. And there's yeah. a list of like restaurants we want to go to soon. Um, and yeah, in ter- for like work planning, I have a, a whole list of just like assu- anything that catches my eye. Even if I'm just like, oh, this might be something. It might not. I write it down. Yeah. Does the EIC ever like tell you, I mean, do they even refer to the EIC as an EIC anymore? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So does EIC ever say like, Hey, can you like, for some reason to them, they, it's like interest. It's like important for you to like go to X place and they're no. like, okay. So you have complete autonomy to yeah. do whatever you want. Yes. That's awesome. Which is important for me. Yeah. yeah. But if they said to you like, Hey, I, I'm curious about this place. You'd be like, all right, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I love when people tell me when they go places that they like. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it's my first, um, the the first thing I hear about a place, um, and so I like to hear different perspectives. Um, Does it work the other way, where like if let's say you trusted Tim and he's like, I know this place is getting a lot of hype, but it's awful. Would you then skip it, or you still feel like you have to check it out? Because it's my job, I would feel like I have to check it out. Um, if I was probably an average diner, I'd probably skip. Okay. And then if you have a truly awful experience, are you writing about it? Um, or still like, it depends because no. I don't review. Um, we have a separate critic for that. Okay. Got it. Um, there, if I went somewhere and I was like, Oh my God, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just wouldn't cover it. Yeah. I think that's makes sense. Um, yeah, that's how I treat reviews is, I'm not throwing shade. I mean, I'm not a professional writer, but like people are having a hard time anyway. Let's shine light on the good things. Mm-hmm. So on your list, your your Google Doc, how are we looking? Is this like Chicago centric? How and how far out do you consider Chicago land for food? Like, what's the furthest burb you'll consider? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we don't do a ton of suburban coverage. I do wish we kind of did a little bit more. Um, Will you go to like Winnetka, let's say? Yes, so we go to Winnetka. So you do like Bally, Ballyhoo stuff? Yes, I just went to Buck Russell's oh, cool. about a month ago. It was good. Nice. Um, it have, looks like a fun place to take like your family or, you know, like kids and stuff. Definitely, yes. And there's like a side um, bakery, which oh, is cool. good. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have, we have a piece in the August issue on Glenview and Northbrook. Like oh yeah, Korean I saw food that. Destination. That's yes. very cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out some of those places. Yes. Um, some of those corn dogs just seem insane. They're crazy. Like um, a flaming hot dusted. They're so good. Um, wow. I mean, I love hot dogs, so um, I'm always game for trying them. But they're really good. Was one of them in that like Glenview? It's kind of like it's like a mall that has like a Dick Sporting Goods and some restaurants around it. And there's, because there was like a, it was like a novelty hot dog type of place that I went with my dad randomly once. And I was wondering if that, because like they do crazy sets, like the corn dogs and stuff like that. What was it called? I don't, I have no recollection. (laughs) (laughs) Not helpful at all. Yeah. This is newer. Okay. Got um, it. And just corn dogs. Nothing else. Okay. Got it. 
Whoa. How many different just corn dogs places are there? Or this is just one place? It's well, I want to say they have like four locations. Oh, right whoa. Now. Yeah, okay. they're like rapidly expanding. So this one's in Glenview, Chinatown, or Little Italy. Yeah, oh, the one in Little Italy. Is it the same Little place? Italy. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And then I think Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. The one in Little Italy, like we were there maybe a few months ago or something, and it was just packed. Like, even if I wanted to go in and check it out, it would have been like a 30 minute situation. Are they all like that? This one was not. Okay. Yeah, this one walked right up and ordered. So. Yeah, they're nuts. I mean... Corn like, dogs, the next thing. Yeah, I guess so. I was reading, uh, or I saw a headline, I didn't read the actual article, but mini cocktails. Have you encountered any mini cocktails? I wrote Either the story of you? about yeah, mini was, cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, sorry. I got to I gotta say that. What? <laughs> That was my, well, it just shows that Tim's reading your stuff. That's sorry, sorry. great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe let's talk about the mini cocktail. Someone sent that to me, too. Was that you? Or should I just read it? Yeah. I thought maybe you sent it to me. Well, maybe to be like, yeah, I love the Amy wrote this. It's all great. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I won't even ask, but I'll just read the article. No, but yeah, I, I think it's cool to talk about like the trends that yeah. you're seeing. Yeah. Um, I love mini drinks. Um, you know, it's similar to I love low alcohol drinks. Like mm. if I can have, you know, try three as opposed to just trying one, yep. I'm happy to do that. How's your tolerance these days? Not great. How many does it take for you to be like totally out? Like where you're just That's like, great, I'm done. That should be oh, a universal question yeah. for every guest. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had three cocktails, I'd be like going home. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's um I mean, I had no problems before the pandemic like going out. We would do these bar crawls yep. and go to five, six spots, like be fine. And yeah. now it's like a couple. Yeah. Um so you know, in New Orleans it's like eating along the way for oh, sure. Yeah. And making sure that, you know, I'm having a ton of water. But yeah, the pandemic totally killed my Hmm. my ability now you gotta to build cocktails. it back yeah when <laughs> you're <laughs> when you're traveling or when you have to review a lot of places at a time how do you manage the food intake and your hunger level are you doing like a wine tasting where you have to spit it out <laughs> yeah i mean i i struggle with it yeah, for, I, sure. I, I for sure yeah would. um i don't always finish everything yeah. um i bring stuff home if i can for sure um but yeah i mean especially when i travel and it's like i can't take it I feel really bad and like by, you know, not eating everything. And so we'll try and order less. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm here, it's just, it can come home with me. It really doesn't matter that much, but. I remember reading about Adam Richman, the man versus food guy. And he was like, he was eating like 10,000 calories a day and he had to work out twice a day when he was traveling and stuff. That's, that sounds, I guess that's his job, but man, that would, I'd be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a salad with like every meal, so that kind of helps keep things in check a little bit. (laughs) Um, yeah. I mean, like what's, uh, like, so beyond mini cocktails, the corn dogs that you are writing about, um, what are some other trends that you're seeing? Um, well, I have a few that I have like story pitches in about, so I'm still kind of trying to like get those a home. Um, yeah, I think a return to classic across the board mm-hmm. for cocktails for food. I think that everyone's looking for something a little more familiar right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I certainly am. Um, and so I think, you know, we're seeing more French places open and more on the way. Um, I feel like every bar I go to has a classics list now, um, which, is, which is great. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not necessarily as much about, you know, coming up with, yeah, 20 ingredient Out there drinks. things and dishes, too, that are just, you know, kind of over the top. It's It feels, um, you know, a little more approachable and a little bit more accessible everywhere. I think the resurgence of the Supper Club, too, is part of that as well. Like, uh, Alinea's got theirs. Yeah. Um, Trivoli Tavern was supposed to be a Supper Club. Heisler did theirs. And they did a pivot last minute. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Comfort food. Familiarity. Yeah, yeah. There's also some, yeah, there's definitely some Supper Clubs popping up around too i saw that like indianapolis just got one too and hmm. are there trends that you've seen that you generally don't like like do you steer clear of i don't like spicy cocktails yeah no <laughs> spicy hey, me cocktails. neither yeah. and it's tough because i love mezcal and i feel like more often than not you're gonna get a spicy mezcal drink yes um i love spicy food i have yeah, no same. problem with that at all i'm kind of with you i mean historically we have had a very small percentage of spicy cocktails over the years but 
you know, when I asked the bar team, like, what's the most common descriptor that you get for dealer's choice drinks? Maybe not the most common, but one of the most common is like something spicy. And so it's like, it's like now it. we have to like write that into the menu just to like, you know, appease the people. Do you have a go-to dealer's choice that you, that you ask yeah, descriptor. for? descriptor. Usually when I'm ordering dealer's choice, I want something low, low ABV. Yeah. It's yeah. usually what I'm looking for. It's funny. Like the bar team generally loves low ABV too, but it's always like our least popular drink. Like mm-hmm. I think that they're lovely to drink, but for whatever reason, maybe people are like, if I'm spending X on a cocktail, like I want my money's worth. Like, is that, is that part of the mentality? I have no idea. I think that could be part of it. I think also a lot of, what you would tap for a non-alcoholic would be sherry's and amaro's and mm-hmm. things like that and i think that a cocktail with just those things might not mm-hmm. appeal to a wider audience yeah that's a good point um how do you how are low abv drinks denoted on the menu or are they they're not really i mean it's more like sometimes they are like on different menus but we don't we would just rely on the staff to explain um, like if you're looking for something lighter, a little lower ABV, like we just, you know, we'd recommend this drink. Um, and then, yeah, there's certain like non-alcoholic drinks that we can put it, you know, various amounts of alcohol in to kind of keep them lower ABV. Is the CBD drink dead? Did that, is that trend over? I think so. I mean, we never really hopped on it. <laughs> it was always dead to us, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That is something I have no interest in whatsoever. No. Zero. Like, yeah. None. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like at a time when, you know, weed was legalized here, uh, recreational use was okay. And so people were just like, oh my God, like we got to use it in our drinks now that we can. It was just like a new ingredient, really. People were excited to to work with it. But again, it's like always uh, determined by the amount of interest from the guest side. And it's not like people are clamoring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they were, of course, we would be making them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just interesting. I guess people who are like trying to ingest uh, marijuana in whatever way are doing it in a yeah different way. Like they're smoking it, <laughs> <laughs> well, or they're like taking the drops or the oil. I mean, who yeah. knows? You know, gummies, topical cream. I mean, yeah. it's in every form. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. Have you ever gotten pushback from places you've written about where they have taken maybe not even necessarily a negative review, but something they didn't like about uh, a write-up? Oh, definitely. And how, how do you handle that? Um, most people, even if it's something a little negative, are great and have no problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I know even when I was at Time Out reviewing restaurants and there was one place I gave one star to and the chef emailed me and it was just like, Thank you. I appreciate the honesty and wow. the criticism. Like, it was just like very pro. Hmm. Um, cool. But yeah, I mean, I had some where it was like the friends were emailing me to <laughs> complain about it. And, and you know, at a certain point, it's like you just kind of stop responding. Yeah. You, you said you're you're loyal to your reader first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah that makes so you need sense. honesty. How like. Do you always feel like you give an objective review are there things that potentially sway you and you like maybe acknowledge them to some degree, but more in the back of your mind than on the page? Um, yes and no. Um, I think because I don't, you know, write hard criticism, it doesn't, you know, come through as much, but, um, you know, I think they go places and it's like, I might just instantly be totally enamored with it. Something just kind of clicks, mm-hmm. you know, I certainly, I feel like I go places and it's like where I instantly feel at home and welcome and comfortable, I'm more inclined to want to cover somewhere like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then like, 
how yeah how do you and kenny like plan the week out as far as where to eat and drink yeah it's well we have a google doc yeah, yeah. We have the google doc. <laughs> but there's got to be some time at which like the plan is is, is set. yes yeah i do most of the planning um because i have most of the things i need to go do yeah um and so we you know this is a down week because it's between, you know, travels and vacation for me next week. So we're not really going out this week. Um, but most weeks I go out like two, two nights, I would say. Um, and then the rest of the time is home. Okay. Cooking. So that's, yeah, that's not insane. No, I mean, it's definitely less since the pandemic. That's definitely one thing that's changed. Um, how many nights were you doing before the pandemic? Probably three to four. Hmm. Yeah. I Do you just, think it'll go back to that? I don't think it will. Hmm. Um, I had, you know, kind of just started in this role like six months before everything happened. And so I was really kind of still trying to get my feet under me with it. But, um, I don't work downtown anymore. So I'm, you know, up on the North side in Buena Park all day. And so it's also harder for me to go out. Yeah. Yeah. There's less, you know, in the past when I would be downtown, I could just be like, oh, I could just stop by here for a cocktail on the way home or something. And now it's like, that doesn't happen when you're already home. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What's your, do you have like your own private, uh, like grading rubric or what's the criteria you look for? Is it beyond, beyond food? Is it, is it setting service? What are the things that you're looking for? What makes a great restaurant to have the full package, I guess? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely great food I think is first, um, then I think service probably second. Um, I think that can overcome a lot. You know, even if not every dish is perfect or every drink is perfect, great service is can really help everything. Um, yeah, I love a good space, somewhere that's just comfortable, that's, you know, not too cold, not too hot. The table's comfortable. The seats are comfortable. Um, all of that kind of factors into. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Siren Betty on. It's one of our first episodes. And uh, just hearing about, like, the trends in, in hospitality. We On the uniform side, we see a lot of it because we see renderings of spaces before they open or see, like, architectural um, drawings. And you definitely do start to see trends and how things are moving. Everything's very modern. Like, polished brass is very popular. Um, have you noticed, do you, do you pay attention to the space in that regard as far as design? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Anything you've noticed recently? Um... Well, it feels like we're getting away from the communal tables a bit mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, and, and sure. the Edison bulbs, um, not yeah. as much as before. Um, yeah. You know, everyone's got to have the neon now, which, yeah. you know. Neon's big. It's, yeah. It's always Fancy a Fancy tile, photo. I think, is another yes. one. Um, great bathrooms coming up. Mm-hmm. That's another a goal, lot, yeah. For that sure. could be a whole issue about bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole said that. Back in the day, bathrooms were always an afterthought, but now it's like a very much of like a focal point of the design process. Yeah. You got to make them Instagrammable. Yeah. Which is like, which is like kind of funny in and of itself because the notion of like someone being in the bathroom with their phone taking pictures is like not the cleanest, but it is a very good point. And obviously everyone, no one like leaves their phone at the table when they go to the bathroom. So um, but it's like funny that that is so important relative to like the actual experience of eating and drinking mm-hmm. in a restaurant. That's because that's word of mouth now. That's how people are hearing about things. Yeah. It's social media. It's, yeah, it's strange. You got to have those wings painted on the side of your building. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's a trend. I'd that's be another happy one. To do yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we got a lot of Red Bull headquarters in the city. Just the wings everywhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> They started it, you know. Oh, yeah. Were they the first? I don't know. I just know that it gives you wings. <laughs> well, they're not the last. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, what are the things that you're looking forward to um, in the food world? Um, in terms of restaurants, where I'm looking forward to Lay Select. Okay. Which I just heard was yeah. still pushed back further. So at some point that will open. Yeah. And I'll be excited for it. Um, trying to think what else. I don't feel like I have a lot like on my radar that I'm like waiting to open. Yeah. Do you and Kenny have any other trips planned after you go back east? Um, one at the moment, uh, long weekend in Saugatuck in oh, cool. uh, nice. September. It was the first thing we first place we went um in 2020 
to just get out of town for a weekend. We went so to Slab Attack um, for a weekend in October, and it was great. Like, it was just, okay, we're going to come back here every year now. Uh, we stayed at this great uh, little inn that um, it's been in, like, a family for three generations, and the kid who's in charge of it now, like, worked in design in New York. Hmm. And so it's, like, beautifully designed. What's the name of it? Lakeshore Resort. Okay. It's one of those ones where it's, like, um, reservations open up at, like, 8 a.m. on April 1st, and it's booked Uh by the afternoon, so. And then, um, is this, like, downtown Saugatuck? It's right along the lake. Okay. Yeah, so it's not walkable to anything else. Um, so it's a little removed. It's like they have a pool and it's, it's really beautiful. Hmm. Um, so we're going there for three nights. Yeah. That setting is so cool. Yes. Yeah. We Uh, just went this summer, um, like in June and I was like blown away by how pretty it it was and how like perfect it felt. Mm -hmm. Kind of that like wooded feel. Um, someone likened it to (laughs) where the American pie guy like where American Pie takes place, like their summer vacation mm-hmm. in Michigan. I mean, yeah, that's I, yeah. yeah. So it's it was. It, I guess it that's was American Pie too. Yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, got to get my pies straight. Yeah, well, that's the one where Oz and uh, the other girl—they're not together yet—and they're trying to figure. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll debrief you after the episode. I just like there's like that classic Italian place in town in Saugatuck, and there's like obviously the ice cream shops. We were just looking at where to go. Yeah. Um, my favorite spot is Pennyroyal. Okay. Um, it's Missy Corey. She uh, worked at um, Public Public and Quality Meats for oh, a while cool. and mm. other spots, nice. um, and then moved out there to be the chef at Virtue Cider, and hmm. then has opened this a few yeah. years ago. It's exceptional. Um, all three meals, and all three meals are really good, so I usually wind up going a few times over there. Yeah, Virtue's a great stop yeah. on the way. Uh, it's perfect. Perfect setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what, who do you like to read? As f- far as, like, food writers, are there are there certain people that you maybe grew up reading or looked up to? Um, um not as a kid, really. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really get into reading about food until I was older um, and kind of got into covering it. Um, I, you know, I love um, cookbooks. I love reading cookbooks a lot. Um, my favorite one is um, Aubrey Barron's Roughage. I've got it on my bookshelf. My most used yeah. cookbook. Hmm. Um, and it's just beautiful. Like the writing is yeah. just beautiful. So I feel like, um, I mean, I read everybody in town and, you know, I read a lot of publications, um, you know, the Bone Apps, Food and Wine. Yeah. Um, Garden and Gun is great. They have really good food and drink coverage. Oh, I don't know Garden um, and Gun. All centered on the South. Oh, cool. Um, and so I travel a lot around um the southern states and so it's like a great resource for that nice. um so that's definitely something i turn to um other than that yeah a lot of cookbooks and food memoirs do you say so you have a large cookbook collection yes. i assume yeah it's really big are you cooking out of a cookbook those five nights that you guys are home no um <clears throat> usually once or twice from a cookbook um i'm also the new york times cooking app yeah I, is, that's mostly what i use is a real go-to yeah um and then yeah other stuff that you know i just know by now so yeah i use a lot of melissa clark recipes yes um it's kind of funny because i'll see recipes that like resonate with me and i'll be like it's melissa clark yeah <laughs> she got me again mm-hmm. like for whatever re- and they're not like the same type of food even mm-hmm. a lot of the time but like the way that it appears and i guess how it looks and how i read it it always sounds like it's going to be good, and they're always very dependable. Yeah, I like uh, Allie Slagle for the same reason. Yeah, um, I just got her cookbook, and um, they're they're perfect like weeknight. Yeah, where it's like ten ingredients, mm-hmm. you worked till seven, you can quickly have dinner on the table in thirty minutes, and they're all good. Yeah, that's the best. All of them are good. Are you cooking more than Kenny? Yes. Does Kenny just sit back and relax? Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Sometimes stirring a cocktail while I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, Just loudly uh, stirring yeah. it. <laughs> Splashing cocktail um, everywhere. He can totally cook, but um, he doesn't enjoy it the way I do. Yeah. So. So it's more like you were just like, all right, can I get out of here? Yes. I'm doing this. Yes. Yeah. I find it relaxing. Does he have a favorite dish of yours? Um, He'd probably say French omelet. 
Okay. Which is mm. kind of a signature. Wow. That I do. So. Nice. Or pancakes. Um, I make these pancakes that are um, from this restaurant in Montreal that are just like the What's greatest the restaurant? Um, it's closed now, but it was Le Bremner. Okay. And the chef was Chuck Hughes. And his pancakes are just... What makes them incredible. so good? Um, well, they're buttermilk, but they're just great. Hmm. There's everything that is just delicious. Syrup people or jam people or... Syrup. Yeah. Yeah. Get it from New England. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Vermont. Yeah. I just brought back some uh, syrup for our son from, from Montreal. It's just like, I mostly got it because it comes in like the maple leaf yeah. bottle and I knew Arthur would dig it. Um, Tapping but... a maple on a cold Vermont morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another Mad Men reference. There it so is. So good. Um, and then what's like your, what's your favorite cocktail that Kenny mixes or what are your, you know, what, what's the home cocktail? Um, he makes, he makes really good drinks at home. Um, makes a great daiquiri. Um, we make, um, strawberry Campari. <laughs> yeah. There's a uh, service is starting yeah. downstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Just the sound effects of service yeah. <laughs> surrounding us. Um, we make strawberry Campari every summer and okay. so make a lot of drinks with that. Um, yep. but he makes a, like a house Rosita that's like a lot of different things going on. It's All right, just, cool. it's really good. Nice. Uh, in the in the rise of popularity in, in food culture and kind of chefs becoming celebrities, I feel like food photography has also been a really big part, also with the advent of social media. Mm-hmm. How does that play into your uh, your writing? Are you are you kind of dictating what you need images of? Are you how closely do you work with your photographers? Super close. Um, yeah, I'm a very visual person, and so Same. the art is super important to me. Oh. Um, I you know we have. A photo editor who assigns all all the work and so I work closely with him and the designer to just be like these are the things we should feature this would be a good angle this dish is beautiful we should shoot it or even sometimes it's like this dish is not beautiful but it's like so important that we show it so like kind of find a way to make this work mm-hmm. um but yeah I'm always taking photos of everything to just kind of you know have on hand for reference yeah I very seldom will cook a dish. Like we have a cookbook club. We'll never, I'll never make anything that doesn't have a photo. I have to see it first. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. Yeah, I was just reading an interview with someone. I can't remember who it was, but they were just sort of like, the dishes that don't have photos are because the fo- it's not pretty, but it's some of the best food. Yeah, I and feel so, like we're missing out. Yes, but I'm the same way. I, I just kind of flip through things that don't have photos. Yeah, you got to see it. Mm-hmm. What is, yeah. Have you ever done a cookbook club? No. You maybe That's a great come. idea. Interesting. Us. Yeah. I think you'd dig it. Yeah. What's the one you're on next? Well, what did we just do? We were taught um, the Jewish cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Last one was was the last one the Jewish cookbook. It was. Yeah. That's. I think that's the name of it. The we, Jewish cookbook. Yeah. We usually don't go super religious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Culture. Most books are secular. Um, <laughs> no. I, we were talking about doing uh, Turkey and the Wolf oh. and just doing a sandwich one. Oh, oh that'd I, be fun. I, I yeah. have that cookbook. Um, I, it is already marked up with uh, post-it notes. All right. Um, Seems like you're prepared. I'm ready. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, basically we choose one and we all get together um, and everyone, you know, there's a spreadsheet to make sure that no two people are doing the same thing. And it's like an insane feast. It's always way more food than the oh, group yeah. can eat. A lot of doggy bags. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's I always think, I think the best one we've done, my favorite was the publican, I think. Yeah, the fir- that was the which first seems one. so obvious, but like every every at. dish was such a banger. Yeah, it was. It was really good. We've done night and market, uh, squirrel. What are some other we ones? We did like the. Out? There's like a, there's like a Chinese cookbook that we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need to be more consistent with it. Well, coming off the pandemic, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's cut our, yeah, cut ourselves a break. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. I think it's time for the gratuity round. All right. Well, let's do it. All right. This is uh, Tim's signature move here. <laughs> Amy, 
What is your death row meal? Uh, lobster roll. Same. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And a cup of chowder for me. Are you throwing you said in a cup same? of chowder? Yeah. That's your death row meal? It is. Has that never come <laughs> up until now? <laughs> I've told you that before. Yeah. Do, do you have a specific one that you would go for? Um, I don't. But I, I am fascinated with watching the prices of lobster rolls right oh. now. Man. Because they're so affordable. It yeah. I can't afford to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the one that... I, the, the bite into Maine is what I would choose. Yeah. Um, I think I spent $35 on it last year. One yeah. time. One lobster one roll. One lobster roll. I did splurge for like the upgraded like from four ounces to six ounces i was like we'll just we'll do it okay um, so, yeah. But yeah 35 dollars. i mean i had one at oh. shaw's last week it was 36 that's like a, they should go off of the lobster roll index not the big mac for <laughs> price inflation <laughs> they should but yeah i don't think you're getting anything for under like 28 dollars now no unless you know a guy or a gal yeah. or a person uh all right best thing you've eaten this year And this year counts as the past three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there's so many things. Um, the banh mi steak tartare from Obelix hmm. is incredible. Um, the cabbage salad from Turkey and the Wolf, I believe that recipe is in the cookbook, is incredible. Yeah, I'll go with that tartare. That just sticks in my head. That sounds fun. We got to get there. Yeah. Uh, all right. Favorite old school restaurant. Um, I love old school spots. Um, I have two. Uh, one is Del Rio in Highwood. Okay. Like old school Italian. Like I think it's been open for a hundred, if not wow. yet soon. Um, that would be a great one. Like I think it's the first restaurant Kenny went to. Hmm. Um, and we get takeout from there all the time. So good, really, really good. All right. Um, and then um, Lem's Barbecue. Yeah, Lem's is great. So Two good. solid answers. What's your favorite fast food? Uh, I like uh, Dunkin' for coffee. Okay. And then uh, the McDonald's um, sausage egg McMuffin. Yeah, that's my favorite. It is the, the only thing I get like sausage at McDonald's. Sausage McMuffin is too good. The sausage McMuffin is delicious. Yeah, that's it's it's a classic. It's yeah. so perfect. Good. Yeah. If you weren't a writer, what would you be doing? Oh, probably a teacher, which is the family business. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was always kind of something I enjoyed doing. Like I taught, um, you know, summer school and substitute uh, taught when I was like in high school and college. Would you be at the college level, graduate level, high school, middle probably school? high school. Okay. Um, or middle. I feel like the teachers I had in middle school were just like so instrumental yep. for me. Um yeah, I mean, I went to grad school. I had my master's degree, and like part of that thinking was, do I want to continue on, you know, mm-hmm. and teach at a higher level or stop? And the answer was stop. But um, I could definitely see myself doing that. Yeah, we kind of touched on this, but favorite cocktail? Um, I would say probably Manhattan. Yeah. For if I'm picking one, um, you know, there are times I want a martini or times a daiquiri, but Manhattan was probably consistently. Good order. Yeah. Up or on the rocks. Up. Cool. And then last question. Something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? Uh, delivering all the food at the same time. Yes. Mm, not Pacing it out. Not so coursing it out. Um, when five dishes arrive at the same time and things sit there and get cold. Mm. You know? And so that's like... I'll often try and ask, like, can we please, you know, course as much as possible um, or just order apps to begin with and then order the mains yeah. later. Yeah. I think, like, for Scofflaw, for example, if I could defend myself. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I think I would just advise, yeah, just kind of ordering it kind of in in waves because it's, like, kind of hard uh, with a place like that. I, I that find small. that you get pushback on that. They're like, oh, we'll throw some apps in. And people are like, well, we prefer that you put everything in together. Yeah, that's, I mean, we like, well, I prefer uh, that you will pace it out properly. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't I, think we push back, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, at a spot like where, you know, where I'm sitting at the bar, yes, I'll probably just order one dish at a time. Yeah. But yeah, where I'm like putting in the full meal, it's like everything is just, here you go. It's just, it's, you know, goes along with the rise in small plates, I think. Of, yeah, you know. absolutely. Yay, the gratuity round. Thank you, Amy. Do you have any yeah. uh, other things you'd like to mention? promote 
Um, no. I Any grievances so. you want to yeah, air? Grievances, yeah. Personal grievances. with Danny, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was super fun, though. Thank yeah. you guys for having me on. All right. Thanks yeah. for coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon, maybe including in the cookbook club. Yes, definitely. Let it. me know. That concludes our conversation with Amy Cavanaugh. Feel free to check in with us uh, via our Instagram account at Joiners Pod for additional content. I make special cocktails tailored to the guests' individual preferences, and we occasionally have throwback photos and you know additional bonus content. Joiners is edited by Matt Haddock and music provided by Captain Cuts. Mm-hmm.